welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It is Monday, July 18th, 2022. If you're new here, I'm Pat. If you're not new here, I'm still Pat. Uh, this is going to be covering nights one and two of the G1 Climax from New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, which happened over the weekend. As you might be able to tell from my voice, or you might not, I don't know, uh, but I, I can hear it still. Uh, I am currently under the weather. Uh, I've been sick since Friday, so uh, that's why I didn't uh, put out solo reviews for each of these nights. Uh, so just grouping them together and just trying to get it done at once, and I was just pushing it off as long as I could, but uh, for the sake of not trying to get backed up as we continue the G1 later this week, uh, I'm here to talk about nights one and two. Be warned that this might be shorter than future reviews, just because uh, I would prefer to not talk for an extended period of time, with my uh, with my throat still being quite sore. And in case I start violently coughing, uh, I don't want to uh, you know uh, destroy people's ears with that. So hopefully, uh, if you're listening to this, you understand. Uh, but that's where you come in. Uh, we have the comment section on YouTube, so if you are listening to this on YouTube, uh, we would very much like to encourage you to share your thoughts, get a discussion going down in the comment section. Uh, let us know what your thoughts on Nights 1 and 2 of the G1 were. Um, I'm pulling up our YouTube channel right now because I actually did want to give a shout out to some people who uh, were commenting and uh taking part in a discussion on our prediction video uh for the g1 so i just wanted to give a chance to acknowledge them um because if they're listening you know might be nice um so shout out to anybody who uh, actually tuned in and watched and listened to our predictions for the g1 climax which we posted a few days ago um and just wanted to say thank you to Adam Pro one two three for uh, your comments on our predictions, as well as I don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, Zixidius, I think, is what it would be. So um, yeah, thanks guys, we appreciate it, and we hope to see more comments from others and you guys and just whatever you know. So if you watch the first two nights of the G one climax, please feel free to comment down. Below this video, if you're on YouTube, um, and if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, or whatever, you can always come over to YouTube, subscribe to our channel, we post our podcast there now pretty regularly, and uh, you can let us know what you thought about the G1, let us know your favorite match, your least favorite match, what you're looking forward to on night uh, nights 3 and 4 coming up, but um, yeah, if you're not following us over on Twitter, you can also do that, we're at, uh, at Deep6Wrestling without the G, so just Deep6Wrestling. Um, I'm pretty sure the link to that will be in the episode description. Uh, I'll try to remember to put it down there. And the links to where the podcast can be found are always there. It's a bit of a mess. There's a lot of links, but uh, I'm sure you can figure it out. Um, so if you want to listen to the podcast off of YouTube, if you just like having Spotify on or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Anchor, the, uh, the links to that can be found there. So, um... I think that's every... Oh, um, this weekend is Supercard of Honor for Ring of Honor. I don't... Or not Supercard of Honor. Death Before Dishonor for Ring of Honor. I don't know if we'll have a review out for it. If we do, um, that'll be up this weekend. And then the following weekend is uh, a busy one. There's New Japan Music City Mayhem, uh, Ric Flair's last match, 
whatever that pay-per-view ends up being, which has a very stacked lineup. Uh, and WWE SummerSlam, I'm sure we might have something out for SummerSlam. I don't know about the other two. We'll see. Um, but we will continue our G1 coverage. Uh, we'll probably be back with AEW coverage this week, uh, depending on if I'm healthier uh, and want to record more stuff. Uh, the Impact Power Hour with Ryan and Angela will be back as Impact heads towards Emergence, um, their next uh, Impact Plus show. And uh, for any WWE fans, uh, Rob did just return to the podcast after over a year of absence and uh, released a review of SmackDown from last Friday, which is up now. So you can listen to that, and there will be more of those every week. So you can look forward to that if you uh, enjoy SmackDown or if you just want to keep up uh, on the product. So, plenty of stuff, but that's not what we're here for today. So, uh, without further ado, let's just dive right into night one and two of the G1 Climax. Um, gonna skip the undercard tag matches probably for most nights, unless something really worthwhile is there, which I don't really see it being, um, and I don't really feel like talking about an extra, like, hour and a half of wrestling. Um, when it's just undercard tag matches. So we're just going to stick to the tournament matches. Uh, so I apologize if you want to hear all the results for the undercard tag matches. I'll tell you the results. Um, i just not going to break down anything or give my thoughts on it because, truth be told, I, uh, I did skip them. Um, so, yeah, uh, I feel like that's <laughs> fairly self-explanatory. Um... So, uh, the first event that we had was at night one of the G1 Climax, which was on July 16th, um, and these were both from the Hokkaido Prefectural Sports Center, um, so, uh, both nights one and two. Still no cheering, um, for those who aren't up to date on New Japan, I believe that starts with a few sp- like, they're calling it special events from, um, I think it's at Corrigan, uh, Corrigan Hall, where they're running, like, half capacity. Um, so, still, still some time before, uh, proper cheering gets back in New Japan, but at least we have a date that we can look forward to, um, after, you know, over the past, like, two years, occasionally hearing, like, commentary mention, like, oh, things are starting to look up, and then nothing happens, and then, oh, things are starting to look up again, and, you know, constantly just playing this, like, tug of war with, when will they start cheering? Um, so, at least we know now that September is the time that we can look forward to. Uh, so, uh, the undercard uh, kicked off with uh, Kose Fujita versus Filthy Tom Lawler in a singles match. Uh, Tom Lawler won with uh, his uh, NK OTB, like knee strike to the back of the head. Um, then we had Toriano and Oiwa versus Bad Dude Tito and Jonah representing TMDK, which is an officially recognized faction in New Japan now, so that's pretty cool. And they did mention, um, Mikey Nichols and Shane Haste. Um, so, that's cool. Um, we had Jado, David Finley, and Tamatanga versus the House of Torture, Sho Yujiro, Takahashi, and Evil, with House of Torture winning. Um, so, if you're a House of Torture fan, good for you. Uh, Takamichinoku, Taichi, Zack Sabre Jr., and Lance Archer taking on Chase Owens, Bad Luck, Fale, Juice Robinson, and Kenta with Bullet Club getting the win. Uh, Yoshihashi, Tomohiro Ishii, and Hiroki Goto versus Bushi, Shingo Takagi, and Tetsuya Naito uh, with uh, Chaos getting the win. 
And that would be the undercard for uh, night one, which would then send us into the four tournament matches, uh, with the first being our C-block match with Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Aaron Hanare. So going into this, um, I guess I'll read off our predictions that we had for each match beforehand, because I have those up. Uh, we all had Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, all six of us that did predictions, so... Um, you can imagine our surprise when we saw Aaron Hanare picked up the win here. I thought the match itself, um, I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was fun seeing Hanare just, like, get to play a beast. Um, Tanahashi had some really good offensive comebacks. And, I don't know, I just thought that it was a nice little surprise here. I liked that the commentary played up the history between the two guys, um... With the two teaming in World Tag League in 2020, um, and how their first, I think they said their first match was against Okan and X, which ended up being Jeff Cobb, and then eventually Hanare would end up joining uh, United Empire, so this was a nice little, um, I guess, you know, a reference to their, uh, their brief history as a tag team together. Um, in terms of, do I think, uh, like... Aaron Hanare will get many more wins. Um, no, probably not. I feel like you beat Tanahashi. Uh, that's a pretty big, pretty big moment there. Um, I don't really know who else I can see him beating. Again, I didn't predict him to beat Tanahashi. I forget who I had him beating. Um, I think I have him beating Goto. So maybe he could beat Goto. You could get like two wins. Um, we'll see. Again, that's really the hard thing about this G1 and why I think it's going to be a compelling tournament this year is because there's less matches for everybody. It makes it more uh, unpredictable, I would say, with who's going to win each match because there's not nine matches to go around. Where, where If you have nine matches for everybody, it's more flexible with how many losses you can take or how many wins you need or if you can do draws. Um... So I'm 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 interested uh, with where everybody's gonna land. Uh, so uh, night one obviously normally has upsets, um, and I actually think the structure of how they did this was actually pretty smart. They had the major upset in the first tournament match, and then in the following three matches, it was all stories of possible upsets, um, uh, like major upsets too. Um, so I thought that that was really good. Um, Hanari would win with the Streets of Rage, uh, and this is a match that only went, like, uh, 11 minutes, um, but I thought, you know, again, it wasn't anything mind-blowing, it wasn't match of the weekend, or anything like that, but I thought it was solid enough, I thought Tanahashi sold well, I thought Hanari, again, looked like a beast here, um, I still think there's some work to be done, but, uh, you know, I could see Hanari, you know, plateauing out in like the the never open weight division i could see him holding like the never open weight title at some point um and i think um if they ever wanted to giving like the the six man titles to like Cobb, okan and hanare i feel like they'd be a fun six man trio um so we'll see but uh tanahashi loses and that's your big upset for the night and that would send us into will osprey versus el phantasmo um and obviously so el phantasmo is now the indication is that he is now a heavyweight, um, which I'm a fan of. I'm a big ELP fan. Uh, I think he's a phenomenal talent. Um, I know that everybody isn't the biggest fan of his antics, but I uh, 
I am, you know, a fan. So, um, where to begin with this? Um, I think that this was, uh, it's, I, like, I bought that this was going to be a squash at first, because Osprey just comes out, like, guns a-blazing here, and it looks like he's just gonna run through Phantasmo, um, which I thought was a, actually a pretty strong decision. Um, again, this is ELP's first, like, proper outing as a heavyweight, um, in New Japan, proper. So, I feel like putting him up against Osprey, who has, like, a chip on his shoulder already, um... He's already pissed off at Juice from Bullet Club, and he's already had issues with ELP in the past. So, ELP being his first opponent this year, uh, and it being Phantasmo's move up to the heavyweight division, you know, I feel like it just makes sense that Osprey would come in here just wanting to kill this guy. Um, but I thought these two had a really great match. Um, I think Phantasmo is somebody to look out for for the rest of the G1. I feel like he has a solid block to have really good matches with. I'm looking forward to him versus Shingo. I think him versus Yoshihashi could actually be pretty fun. Um, I'm intrigued by what him versus Juice Robinson is going to be. Uh, um, David Finley and him also could probably be a good match. So we'll see. Um, but I'm looking forward to El Phantasmo's rest of the G1. And Osprey, I think everybody knows he's having an incredible year. And he's probably going to be one of the show stealers this year in the G1. And right off the bat, he had one of the best matches of the tournament so far across these first two nights. I'm sure a lot of people will say that uh, Osprey versus the LP was the best match so far, and that's a fair uh, that's a fair one to to go with. Um, I don't think it would be mine, but it's uh, it's up there. It's really good. Um, I thought El Fantasmo showed just a, a a ton of potential here, um, and I just thought he clicked. Uh, him and Osprey have very good chemistry. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to say about this one. Um, I'm, I am curious to see, similar to Hanare, um, with how many wins he ends up getting more. I'm curious if El Phantasmo, like, I don't think El Phantasmo is going to go winless, but I am curious as to who they're going to let him beat. Um, I feel like Finley or Yoshihashi is a solid one, or if he scores like an upset over Juice. Or if Juice has a really strong run and they want to do some Bullet Club thing where Juice just gives ELP the win, that's an option. And then it comes back and fucks him over and prevents Juice from winning. Who knows? Um, I don't know. But I am curious. I'm excited for Phantasmo. Um, I think he's already had a pretty solid year. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed him versus Desperado and him versus Robbie Eagles from the Best of the Super Juniors. Uh, him versus uh, Teton also. Um, and his match at Forbidden Door with the Young Bucks versus the Dudes with Attitudes was also really great. So, um, hopefully he can have a really good G1, and Osprey is probably still one of the favorites to win D-Block, so we'll see how that goes. And Osprey did pick up the win with a fantastic, just hidden blade directly to the front of the face of El Phantasmo. Um, great finish. Absolutely great finish. Uh, we would go to Jay White versus Sonata. Um, and this was another match where, uh, you know, a potential big upset could have happened, and they, they did very, very good at teasing it in this one, I will say that. Uh, there were some big, like, near falls here towards the end, um, where I, I bit and I thought Sonata was gonna win, um, 
Spoiler, he did not, but uh, these two honestly have a pretty good chemistry together. Um, I'm still not the biggest Sonata fan. I, I did predict him to uh, win the A block for, for our predictions, but, um, you know, uh, I still... Sometimes I really like him. Sometimes I'm so bored to him, or so bored by him. Uh, but I enjoyed this match that he had with Jay White. I also forgot to mention uh, predictions-wise. I believe all of us, um, uh, all of us had Will Osprey, and then for Jay White versus Sonata, Angelo uh, went with the upset with Sonata. Uh, so just there's your, uh, your your thing there. Um, yeah. Um, I don't have as much to say on this one. Um, it was good, not great, I would say. Um, but I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it more than I guess I was expecting to. Uh, big Jay White fan, but like I said, Sonata's a mixed bag for me. I just, sometimes he's just like, he clicks with an opponent, other times he doesn't. I thought he did click with Jay, but I just, I don't know if there was enough there for me to be like, oh, this was just like a, a phenomenal match or anything. Um, but we'll see. I still have faith in my pick that, uh, that Sonata might win the A block. I'm going to literally scream and cry and, uh, and throw a temper tantrum if it's an Okada win and Okada just wins the G1. That would be so utterly disappointing and so very predictable. Uh, so... Uh, please, no. Um, I also don't want Sonata to win the G1, but I would prefer if Sonata wins A block and prevents us from getting, um, or not wins A block, I'm sorry. Um, B block. I'm, uh, yeah, wins B block, and then, uh, how, how do I have this? I have, I have Sonata, oh, I have Okada winning A block, Sonata wins B block, Sonata beats Okada and goes to the finals. So that's what I have. Um, so I'd prefer that. I don't need Okada in the finals. Um, I have a feeling he will be, but I would prefer if he didn't. Anyways, uh, Jay White would win with the Blade Runner, but we would have some, again, fantastic near falls uh, in the final moments of this with Sonata constantly going for roll-ups and Jay White getting out at the very last second. Um, these were very well done, very well executed by both guys, um, and they, again, they really had me biting that I thought Sonata was going to get the upset, um, so very well done, and I am glad Jay won here, because uh, if Sonata had won here, then I don't think Sonata's chances of going to the finals would be very high, um, because I think that it would just sign like signify that you know Sonata's going to be one of the throwaway challengers for Jay during the fall, um, but he didn't beat him, so that uh, works for me. Uh, but yeah, uh, fantastic, like, final several minutes of this match. And the main event of night one was uh, Kazuchika Okada versus Jeff Cobb. Uh, this was a match that me and Ryan uh, both chose Jeff Cobb to get the upset with, um, with him wanting to avenge his loss to Okada. Um, and... I was, you know, after Tanahashi lost, I, I was pretty much of the opinion that we weren't going to get Jeff Cobb winning. But again, these two have really great chemistry together. Um, and I, I did buy several times that, oh, yeah, Jeff Cobb might actually win. We might get two big upsets. Um, so props to both Cobb and Okada here, two very talented wrestlers, two of the best in the world. Um, and two guys that just work so well together. Um 
I really liked late into the match when both guys were trying to go for tombstones um, and just, you know, seeing how strong Okada is to be able to go from being in the tombstone position to getting, like, transitioning out of it and then getting Jeff Cobb into a tombstone and being able to hit, like, the, the jumping, spinning tombstone that he does. Um, I, I think that's good. Also, Okada had some great, great looking new like red gear and like a like a red robe um that i would be remiss if i didn't mention um he didn't wear it out for night two so i'm assuming he's only wearing it for his tournament matches but i thought it looked absolutely incredible on him um so props to whoever designed that um i think jeff cobb really has shown that he's a star this past year plus in new japan um He's just an incredible performer, and I think a lot of the guys in New Japan work really well with him. I think the style fits him. I think the company fits him. Um, so that's really cool for him. Uh, and I like that him and Okada have found this chemistry together and this rivalry that has basically sprouted up over the last year. Um, and I'm looking forward to more of it. Uh, I would like to see these guys wrestle more and more. I don't want it to be run into the ground or anything. Uh, like, I don't need them wrestling every month or, like, multiple times a year. But, like, a once-a-year meeting between these two would be perfectly fine. Um, it's just you know what you're getting, and it's very high quality. Um, and it's just very fun, top to bottom. Uh, after the jumping tombstone, Okada would nail Cobb with a, a Rainmaker and he would get the win in uh, just over 20 minutes. So, uh, all in all, I thought it was a really strong opening night for the tournament matches. Um, I'd probably go... I don't know what I would go with my favorite match of the night. Either Okada and... It's either Okada versus Cobb or Osprey versus Phantasmo. Um, I'd probably go Osprey versus Phantasmo just because I... Again, I'm a huge fan of both guys, and I'm a huge fan of Cobb and Okada, but I just thought that their match was faster-paced and very exciting, and I liked that, you know, they immediately off the bat just teased Osprey just squashing him and running through it, and then we got, you know, like a 15-minute battle between these guys, um, and I thought El Phantasmo got to show off pretty well, um, so... Um, I'd go Osprey and Phantasmo as my match of the night for night one, uh, Okada and Cobb would be a very, very close number two. Um, and Sonata and Jay was good, and Tanahashi and Hanara was good too. So all four of the, the, the tournament matches for night one I thought were, were solid enough. Um, and I would recommend, honestly, watching them all. Like None of them were terribly long either, so <laughs> thank God. Uh, Blake, looking at the actual times, um, Tanahashi and Hanara was 11 minutes and 11 seconds. Osprey and Phantasma was 15 minutes and 6 seconds. Sonata and Jay White was 18 minutes and 7 seconds, and Okada versus Jeff was 21 minutes and 30 seconds. That is perfectly reasonable times for these matches. Um, so, yeah, if you have the time, I'd honestly say go watch them all. Um, so coming out of night one, our predictions scores uh, left us with uh, Sam, Joey, and Rob with three points. Ryan, Angelo, and myself came out with two. So that'll send us into the next night of action, uh, which was on July 17th from the same arena, uh, the Hokkaido Prefectural Sports Center. Uh, so we'll get into that up next. All right, heading into night two. Let's get through this. 
uh, our undercard tag matches. We had David Finley and Yoshihashi defeating Team Filthy, uh, Royce Isaacs and Tom Lawler, with uh, Royce Isaacs making his debut in Japan alongside Tom Lawler. Uh, Takamichinoku and Lance Archer would lose to El Phantasmo and Bad Luck Fale. Uh, the United Empire, Aaron Hanare, Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and Will Ospreay would defeat Dick Togo, Sho, Yujiro, Takahashi, and Evil of the House of Torture. Um, Jado and Tamatanga would lose to Chase Owens and Jay White, uh, with Chase Owens hitting the C-trigger on Jado. Uh, Hiroki Goto, Tanahashi, and Okada would defeat Bushi, Sonata, and Tetsuya Naito, uh, with Hiroshi Tanahashi beating Bushi with the High Fly Flow. Tournament matches for the night. Let's get into this one, because this was a very, very fun night. Um, we kick things off with Tomohiro Ishii versus Taichi, and these are two guys who I adore together. Um, I don't remember what the first match I saw between these two was, but um, I want to say it was over the Never title. I'm pretty sure it was the Never title. Um, and I just think these two are so fucking good together. Um... I think Ishii brings the best out of Tai Chi. Um, I feel like this is when I first saw these two together a few years ago. Um, I think that was the moment that I really thought, like, oh, Tai Chi's really good. Um, and these two together, they just they don't miss. Um, this was an incredible, incredible match that these two had. Um, I loved the intensity that Tai Chi brought um, from. Instead of, you know, making a show out of taking his pants off, he just ripped them off and threw them in the face of uh, Ishii. Um, I just like the intensity of both guys here with just the violence of their moves. Um, I like Taishi firing up and, and no-selling um, and just coming back and just constantly coming back to, uh, to you know, come back against Ishii. Um, uh, the tease of the Black Mephisto throughout the match was really well done. Uh, the near falls were really good. Uh, I, 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 several times I thought Taichi was done. Uh, so when Taichi came back and finally did land the Black Mephisto, the win felt very just rewarding, and it felt cathartic that he actually managed to get the win here. Um, I thought this was a fantastic opening match for Night 2. I thought both guys delivered in spades. Um, I think it makes sense that Taichi won. He hasn't really gotten to do much lately in New Japan, I feel. And Ishii's coming off an injury. So Taichi getting the win definitely felt like the right call to me. Um, gives him a strong start to the tournament. A strong exclamation point to kick it off with a, a win over Ishii, who's typically the MVP uh, or one of the MVPs of the G1. Um, and yeah, I'm excited for both guys' tournaments. I thought this was a fantastic way to kick both of them off. Um and I was a, a very big fan of this match. Uh, for our predictions, uh, Sam, Rob, Ryan, and myself had Tai Chi. Joey and Angelo had Tomohiro Ishii. Um, so it was a split one, um, but absolutely just incredibly physical and just incredibly entertaining match that these two had. Um, after this, we got Jonah versus Toriano. Um, Sam chose Toriano. Uh, he was the only person who chose this upset. Um, and, you know, sure enough, I, going into this match, I didn't think that there was any chance that Yano would win this. And as the match progressed, I didn't think there was a chance Yano was going to win. This was just Jonah murdering a man for several minutes. I do want to say, Yano did have a really, uh, impressive spot where he managed to, like, like, fully suplex Jonah. And that's, like, not an easy feat, I feel like. Even if Jonah's assisting him, Jonah's a big fucking guy. Um, 
So uh, props to Yano for being able to just like throw Jonah across the ring. Um, this would go for nearly, uh, the, looking at the time, nine minutes and one seconds. Um, uh, and it would come down to Jonah and Yano out on the floor. Bad dude Tito was there to accompany Jonah. And uh, Yano would manage to hit a low blow on both guys. And he would win via countout. And that would hand Jonah his first loss in the tournament. I thought there was no way in hell they were going to beat Jonah in his first match. I thought he was going to beat Yano. Yano would, like, play spoiler to people later. I didn't think he was going to start off his tournament with a win. So I was honestly, like, kind of flabbergasted by this. But uh, here we are. Jonah take the uh, Jonah took the L. Um, this was not offensively bad by any means. It was longer than it needed to be, I feel. But... You know, you live and you learn. Sometimes Yano matches are longer than they need to be. Uh, but this was not horribly offensive or anything. Um, and it was a surprising like win. I didn't really foresee Yano winning this by like any stretch of the imagination, and he did. So, um, I mean, I guess props to, props to Yano for that. Um, and like I said, Sam was the only person who had Yano, so that was a, that was a big win for him for our predictions. Uh, after this, we would go to Zack Sabre Jr. versus Kenta. Uh, this would be another split one with Sam and Joey picking Kenta, the rest of us having Zack Sabre Jr. These two, I think, always have incredible chemistry together um, when they wrestle in the G1. Uh, they mentioned that on commentary beforehand. Um, I believe that Kenta had won the last two encounters. Um, in the G1 um, between these two. Um, so worth noting that. Um, I think these two just have a fantastic chemistry together. Um, and I realize that I say that a lot, but I think that these two really do. I can't think of many people that Kenta has just that like really great chemistry with um, in ring-wise in New Japan. But Zack is one of them. Um and, again, Zack has great chemistry with everybody. I don't know if I've seen a Zack Sabre Jr. match in New Japan where I'm like, that was bad. Um, so, I feel like that's a testament to him. But I think it's also a testament to Kenta. I feel like he just works really well against Zack's style. Um, so, yeah. Um, I thought this was fantastic between these two guys. Um, this is a, Again, this is a similar situation to night one where I feel like it's going to be very split on what your match of the night is. It's either going to be... Uh, tai Chi versus Ishii, or it's going to be Kenta versus Zack, similar to how it's either going to be Okada versus Cobb, or Osprey versus ELP. Um, so, um, I, I would probably say this was my match of the night. I just thought these two just went to war here. Um, I liked that they just had counters for each other. Um, I, I just like that you know, Kenta, I, I, maybe it's just that I haven't seen Kenta wrestle in a while since, you know, um, I didn't watch the, the New Japan Road show, so I haven't seen him wrestle since Wrestle Kingdom, um, so maybe I've just been missing Kenta, but I was just very happy to see him back and to see him wrestling well. Um, it felt like he had a fire lit out, uh, lit under him, um, coming into this, I guess, you know, probably wanting to prove that he's still great. Um, and I thought he proved that here. I thought him and Zach had a really strong match here. Um, and, yeah, uh, Kenta would not get the win here. He would, again, a really solid finish here with Zach getting in 
the submission. And I really loved that throughout the match, um, we had uh, Chris Carlton uh, pointing out the the timing of Zack Sabre Jr. and Kevin Kelly, pointing out the timing of Zack Sabre Jr.'s submission techniques where he, um, and it was literally done perfect as if they like, had you know, a mic in Zack Sabre Jr.'s ear so he knew what was going on. But, like, literally, they're talking about how he'll only leave a submission in for, like, five or six seconds, and then he'll transition into something else to try and throw them off. And literally, as they start counting, like, on commentary, they're like, one, two, three, four, five, six. Literally at the six-second mark, Zack would transition into a new submission. It was just so well done. Um, And a really good, you know, example of how technically sound Zack is, even in a, you know, a predetermined sport, it's just like, it looks like he's actually trying to submit people. Um, so I think that's a really strong part of Zack Sabre Jr.'s wrestling game, where it feels like what he's doing is actually strategic. Um, and he would submit Kenta, uh, although Kenta would claim that he didn't tap out and that it was just like, you know, uh, I guess out of instinct. Um, so... Uh, but, you know, Zach was just beaten down here because prior to Kenta tapping out, he had this match won. He he simply put, had this match won, but he got cocky. He would pin Zach and he would just lift him up to prevent Zach from uh, not kicking out, just playing with him, and it would get the best of him. He had this match won like two or three times, but he refused to let Zach um, go down like that. Uh, and it got the better of him. So I thought this was a really strong finish, um, and I thought a very, very great match between these two guys. Um, absolutely, again, the two matches that you have to watch coming out of this night are Kenta versus Zack and Taichi versus Ishii. Um, and that would send us to the main event, which was in the D block with Juice Robinson versus Shingo Takagi, uh, Rock Hard Juice, uh, who does have the IWGP US Championship. We do have the physical belt back. Um, and this would be another split one with Angelo and Sam choosing Juice Robinson. The rest of us had Shingo. Uh, notably, me and Ryan had Shingo going undefeated in the tournament. Um, I don't have Shingo winning the G1. Ryan does. But, um, uh, yeah, so this immediately spoiled my plans of an undefeated run for Shingo in the actual uh, tournament matches. Um, Alright. I thought this match was good. I will say that. I thought these two had a good um, back and forth throughout the majority of the match. Um, I do like Juice's left hand of God. I think it's a good, you know, out-of-nowhere signature that he can pos- uh, like pop out. Um, and I thought the previous night during the undercard tag matches, they did a really good job of building that up with him knocking out Taka Michinoku. Um, so I think that they should rely on that more. Um, I know it's not the most exciting move, but if you establish that somebody has a really powerful fist, when he busts it out and somebody kicks out of it, I think that's a, a good thing. Um, we, the, where this did fall apart for me was the ending. Um, it just felt very awkward and like they didn't, it didn't go as planned. Um, clear, like Juice hit the... Um, I, th- I don't remember if he... I think he hit the left hand of God, Shingo goes down, and then he was going to hit the rock slide, which is his new finisher. But then he just either couldn't get Shingo up, or he just gave up on it, or chose not to do it. And he did a second pulp friction, which he had already done earlier in the match, and it wasn't enough to pin Shingo. And then he just pinned Shingo off of the pulp friction, which I don't think many people were expecting. And it just kind of felt really anticlimactic. Um, so, either... 
Juice's strength wasn't there for the, the, the rock slide or something went different here. But, um, yeah, I just think that, you know, this is a tournament where this is a big thing for Juice. Um, uh, obviously, he pinned Shingo Takagi in the, the opening, their, both their first matches in the tournament, which is a big deal. Um, but I, I think that, you know, just work needs to be done on honing in a move set here um and if he's going to use the rock slide as a finisher it needs to be established um it just felt again i don't know the ending just felt very clunky and and wonky and like it wasn't supposed to end that way um so but match itself was good i just thought the ending you know fell flat um but it is what it is uh we got two incredible matches here with kenta versus Zack saber jr and Taichi versus Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, a fun, if not too long, match between Jonah and Toriyano. And a good main event with Shingo versus Juice just with a flat finish. So, um, yeah. Um, that's the first two nights of the G1. I thought pretty strong nights uh, on both of them. Um, the the, the must-see matches are definitely Osprey versus ELP, Okada versus Cobb. Uh, Taichi versus Ishii and Zack Sabre Jr. versus Kenta. But, you know, there hasn't been, like, a, a bad match in my opinion so far. And we haven't gotten to bad luck Fale yet, so, um, you know, the time's coming. But, you know, strong start to the tournament. Um, coming out of night two, our prediction points would be the following. Um... I finished with two, Sam finished with three, Joey got zero points on night two, uh, Angelo got two, Ryan got two, and Rob got two, so the overall scores coming out of nights one and two of the G1, Joey is in last place with three, uh, Angelo, Ryan, and myself are tied with four, Rob is in second with five, and Sam is currently leading the pack with six. Uh, for those who did not listen to our predictions uh, video, Sam does not watch New Japan, um, and he has chosen Yoshihashi to, I believe, go undefeated and to win the entire G1 Climax, so that will most likely be his downfall, but so far, uh, you know, so far so good for him. Um, as we head into night three, uh, this is July 20th, and our card features four matches, uh, D-Block action with Yujiro Takahashi versus David Finley. Uh, C block with uh, Hiroki Goto versus Tetsuya Naito. Uh, B block with Chase Owens versus Tamatanga. And A block with Bad Luck Fale versus Lance Archer. Uh, this is definitely not the strongest night of action, uh, in my opinion. Um, I'm looking forward to Hiroki Goto versus Tetsuya Naito. Bad Luck Fale versus Lance actually could be fun. Um, just a big hoss fight. I am not looking forward to Ju er, David Finley versus Yujiro Takahashi. And Tamatanga versus Chase Owens could be good. It could be bad. We will see. Um, and then coming up on the 23rd of July, we have Night 4, which is Tomohiro Ishii versus Jay White in B Block, Yoshihashi versus Shingo Takagi in D Block, Okada versus Toriyano in A Block, and Zack Sabre Jr. versus Aaron Hanare in C Block. That actually should be a pretty good show. I'm excited for. Um, honestly, all that card looks pretty fun. So um, that's coming up. Uh, in the next uh, two nights for the G1 Climax. Um, I'll probably be more in-depth with those reviews when I'm taking notes again. Uh, I was just, again, out of it and still battling the sickness. So sorry if you had to listen to me, uh, you know, with uh, um, sniffles or, you know, 
um, sounding congested. Uh, but just want to get this review out for the first two nights of the G1 Climax. Remember, if you're listening on YouTube, please be sure to comment your thoughts on the G1 so far. We'd love to hear it. We'll engage with your thoughts. Um, thank you to those who commented on our predictions uh, video for the G1 Climax, and thanks for everyone who watched it. We appreciate it. Um, be sure to subscribe if you're not subscribed yet. Uh, we're going to be covering the whole tournament. We cover AEW, Impact, New Japan, and now WWE as well with SmackDown reviews from Rob. Um, and yeah, so that's about it for me. So thanks for listening. I appreciate it. And we'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Adios.